my hair. How's that for a wake up? That sounds This is episode 30 of The Great Divide, and we have reached the annual Yuletide episode. Uh, I'm not sure if you can call it annual with uh, just one in the can, but with this one we have two, so then uh, it's an established Christmas tradition. So this is the Yuletide 2013, and we have something real nice in our goodie bag this time. Yes, we do. We've got a great interview ahead with none other than Derek Forbes. Jamie Watson and Bruce Watson. A lot of the questions that you guys have had about the situations that have been happening in big country land will at least be somewhat resolved after this interview. It should be should be an interesting conversation. Yes. So this episode will be two parts, where part one is the interview Tom mentioned, the more serious topics, what happened with Mike, what's going on, all that stuff. Part two will be the more traditional, laid-back, relaxed Yuletide portion. It's going to be a little bit different from last year, so this Yuletide will continue to evolve every year. Uh, obviously, getting those guys on changes a lot of things, so hopefully it will be fun. We had a lot of laughs, and here we go. Now, we haven't spoken to you in a while, so what, what's new? What's new, guys? <laughs> make, a, make a chip technology. <laughs> no, yeah, so, four piece. yeah uh, so, so tell, tell us tell us about the four piece and what happened and what you what you want to share with us about all that. Well, there's a lot of people asking about you know about singers and stuff, but we we, we did say in the statement that we put out that you know we were carrying on a, a, with the blueprint of the original band as a four piece. So the the vocals have been shared out with everyone. So Hopefully that explains it to everyone who's singing. You know I mean, we're all taking up duties where, yeah. where it suits our voice. So it's going to be a, quite a surprise to see who does what, because it, it really does sound a lot better than we thought. We, we, we gave ourselves a, a trial, basically, and uh, it worked really, really well. And we're basically going back to how the songs sounded originally. Uh, no disrespect to Mike, but Mike used to do a hell of a lot of ad-libbing on stage where he'd be singing throughout the the guitar pieces and stuff like that, and we just want to go back to, to how it was. So, yeah, so basically going back to the... We just want to go back to how the, the original blueprint, and it's mainly about the music, you know? We're right. not making any big statements or, or ad-libbing or any of that kind of stuff. It's just purely the music played as it was done back in the... The old days. It does. It sounds for me. I mean, being the, the new guy, it sounds like big country to me now. A lot more like big country than it has been because, as you said, as we all love what Mike did, and he's an incredible singer. But I think now we've got some Scottish voices in here. Yeah. It makes it sound more like. Must <laughs> have back in the original tuning as well because we had to tune down for the just. Of singing before, and the new album was written a step, a different tuning as well. So I went back to the original key, as it were. And, uh, oh, that's that very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wearing tighter boxer shorts and stuff like that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now will you will you all be wearing kilts now, or just still just Derek? 
Oh, just Derek, I think. Just be me. Okay, good. No, 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 nobody wants to see my legs. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, does that mean Mark is singing? Everybody's singing? Is it pretty much 25% each, or will we just see how where the apple falls? It depends on what song we're doing, you know. You know, it's, we, we're going through the songs instrumentally, tightening them back up, and then whoever's voice suits, and we'll be adding the backing vocals as well, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I know this is kind of a you guys are in kind of a delicate situation as far as talking about this. So whatever you feel comfortable saying, say, and whatever you don't, obviously don't. But there's still some questions out in the fan base about what happened with why did Mike leave? I mean, from an from an outsider looking in, it seemed like everything was great. And then suddenly it wasn't. So, I mean, it was was down to availability. I mean, basically, Mike, Mike, Mike said to us that he was, you know, he wanted to take a year off to go and do um um, his, his alarm stuff, which is is great, you know, for, for, for Mike. But we we cannot sit and wait about for a year. I mean, any business you can't you can't sit about for a year doing nothing, you know. Mm. Um, so basically, well, the, way, the way it was actually said was that it was uh, we knew he was going to do the gathering. That was a given for every year January. So suddenly it was going well. Normally it was into February. And then we're into March, then we're into April. And I was speaking to Mike about this as well. And there was another thing, we were wanting to do something in May. And he says, well, I think I've got a window in May. So that was taking us away up into May before Big Country could work again. Mm. And then he said he was going to America in July and August. He flagged that up on, on a Skype. And we said, right, that's fine. And then the following week he said, and the next Skype he said, June, July and August. And we're thinking, what are we going to do? We can't go out and do solo things as everyone stopped doing what they were doing. I mean, I was playing in, in my own band and I gave that up for Big Country. I said I'm doing Big Country 100%. And the same way Bruce and Jamie. And if Bruce and Jamie got a gig in between, when Mike was working, that was fine. But we, we were all committed to Big Country. So what, what basically happened is Mike said that he couldn't do anything until October, which was when we were going to go out and do the Steel Town anniversary. So I, I, I basically said to Mike, well, you go out and do your alarm, but we'll continue as a four-piece doing Big Country and we'll leave the door open for you in October. But he just said, no, it's, it was kind of all or nothing with, with Mike, you know. And I, I mean, I do believe Mike started off with, with great intentions um, with, with doing the Big Country stuff. And he, he did a fantastic job. But I think when you've got people that are in two separate bands, as it were, something's always going to have to to give you know and yeah you know but we, we can't sit about for a year but uh, well but, the, the other thing about it was i mean the statements were put up which were wrong because mike knew that he was he was leaving at the end of the british tour and that was he knew that the night before it started and then we had, a, a, had to speak to him about it later on i sent him an email because i was i didn't want that silence to, to last and the, the vibe was wrong at the start of the tour, so we're trying to correct that. It just came. It just got to the point where we couldn't we couldn't work together, you know. But I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish Mike all the best. I wish him well, and you know, I'm not going to have any, any animosity. You know, it'd be crazy. No, but we, we were all said that to him. So there was nothing to do with, with him personally. It was just it was the circumstance. It was the gigs were clashing, 
and we had to work. Everyone had given up everything else to, yeah. to go full-time. But if you think in any business, I mean, it doesn't matter what line of business you're in, whatever you guys do, you know, like, John, I want, you know, I want you to take a year out <laughs> from being a policeman. Uh, you can't do anything, you know. It's just, it's just crazy, you know. Well, New Jersey might actually rejoice over that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can't be that hard being a cop, surely. <laughs> See what I have to live it's with. It's pretty hard to be a fly on the wall with statements like that. <laughs> no, and and you know, on a, on a much smaller scale, when I was in a band once, I remember having a a big argument with a with a guy who was in the band, and and this was just for one show, and that one show was so miserable. So I can only imagine what the what that last portion of the tour was like for you guys. I mean, without belaboring the point, how do how do you when you've got that kind of divide um, between the two of you as far as how you're going to move forward how do you keep that from seeping into the performance on stage and I guess obviously it didn't always work well like I say when, when Mike was changing Stuart's lyrics to, to his lyrics you know with singing 68 guns through Fields of Fire it was you know we just we, all we are are musicians and we just tried to behave as professionally as we could and put on a good show for the people who'd spent their hardly earned cash to come and see us on that, that evening, you know? Right. So you just you just have to try and keep your dignity intact, you know? I'm just uh, wondering whether, you know, it, it, it would have just got to be lurking at the back of your minds that Mike had the alarm and that he would eventually go back. Uh, so is this something that you could have seen coming in, in some way? I mean, it couldn't have been a total surprise. We knew well in advance that Mike was going to be taking... Um, time off to do his 30th anniversary um, alarm, but not a year. <laughs> At the start, Spine they said uh, it's a few months, it's like maybe three months, two or three months. That's what, what I was uh, believing at the time, that's what he'd said. Well, we, we were actually meant to be working for 18 months because we went and worked on the, the Journey album, and uh, at the time, when we were under management and things like that and dealing with record companies, they wanted us to tour for 18 months and everybody agreed at that time that that was the right thing to do. And then suddenly the goalposts sort of shifted and then we really, the sort of album just sort of had to get put on the shelf really. Yeah, when the album came out in April, around, around about that time, and um, really we only worked on it for six months and we, like Jamie said, we had all agreed to work 18 months on this album and it's like, well... The album just kind of got shelved after six months because of it, you know. We wanted to continue playing other territories like Scandinavia and other places out in Europe that we didn't do on the, the, the earlier tour. Yeah, Australia, everywhere, all over the place, basically. It's a big world and there are fans out there I mean, that like to see fans. Every time you do an album, you always work it for at least 18 months. Like we did that, you know, obviously with the crossing and steel town this year on, on and on. It's always like an 18 month project. You can't just spend a lot of money and go into a recording studio, cost a fortune. And then you can't just tour it for like a couple of months and go, well, that was good fun. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just business sense. That's what you do. So, so for fans um, who really like the Journey album, will you guys be playing any Journey songs on any future tours? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and by by Journey songs, I mean like the the band Journey, like "Don't Stop Believing" and, and oh, completely, yeah, yeah. I'll be getting my my satin jacket on and my white wooden pants, <laughs> white black. <laughs> <laughs> we've, 
No, that's good because I, I really do think – I mean just speaking personally here, I think what you guys did on that album was was really fantastic and surprised a lot of people. So The chemistry was good on that. On, on, I think everybody was in the right place at the right time, you know. But and I was. I was in the studio. Yes, you were. In fact, you were in the studio more than me, you and Jamie. Jamie and I were there. We lived there for we a while. Lived there. Yeah, I, I, I was still uh, working as a Legionella controller, so I could only work in the studio for three days at a time. But um, Jamie and Derek uh, held held the fort up. <laughs> mm. But we're all and we'll, I mean, we've got ideas at the moment, but obviously we're having to relearn the the older songs and what I, what I would call the old new songs. We're actually going to be playing a few surprises, certain songs that we haven't played in 20 years. One that and and, and one song that we haven't even, we never even played live at all as the original lineup. Oh, nice. The early days. I won't, t- I won't tell you that. <laughs> now, see, that that's the kind of stuff that gets uh, the geeks like us very excited. So that's being a Christmas, that's uh, our Christmas present. Yeah, oh, great, excellent. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Uh, before we start talking more about the present and future, let's look back at uh, 2013. So obviously there was the new album. You did go on tour for well three months in the U.S. It's nothing to sneeze at. Um, Looking back, yeah, let's that's, that's <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> it's the second tour all in all. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that must have been grueling. Uh, but one interesting observation from the outside is you went over there and you had about a month and a half or so booked of shows of the three months. So I'm just, just wondering about the organization. Uh, looking back, would it have been better to have oh. a full plan and... Yeah, there was none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some shows uh, came at pretty short notice. Yeah, so that that, uh, that no one could turn up at the, those shows. You need a, at least six weeks, at the very at least, the very least like, to, to get bums and seats, as we say. Yeah. Uh, we did suffer it towards the end of the tour, unless the gigs were put in earlier. Like some of the shows in Florida. We came in and we thought it was someone's birthday in one of the shows. I can't remember, was that St. Pete's? I think so. I think it was St. Pete's we played and it was unbelievable. <laughs> we walked in and, we, and it was packed, absolutely packed. And it, But that was the penultimate show, but the, the last show, there was there was more people. There was, I think we had more support acts than, than people actually coming to see the show. And uh, that was a bit of a disappointment, the last one. Uh, but it's good to be, you know, getting back home and recharge the batteries and see where, where we're going next. I think the, the, the first six weeks worked great. I mean, we were out there and the band was still, you know, everything was cool in the camp. And the gigs were really well attended. And I think it was just after we finished working in Texas, that's when it started going kind of wrong. So in reality, we should have just toured... Uh, the States for two months instead of three, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We had a great time out there. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, it was Jamie, Jamie's first time out in America and Sarah came out to do the T-shirts with us and shoot a ball, didn't you, Sarah? No. <laughs> 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 and, of, and of course, the Leesburg, Virginia show was the highlight of the tour, right? That was, uh, yes. part, part the do- <laughs> There's no stopping this guy. <laughs> The, the dodgy supporting artist, artist wasn't that um, horrible, was it? <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy sucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess getting back to to um, what you're doing now and the setup that you, that you have now, 
with four guys sharing vocals, it almost obviously there's that idea of a of a quote unquote front man is kind of not in play here. I mean, how do you approach that idea of whether you even think that there's a need for a front man? Do you do you feel like Tom? When you, historically in music, I mean, I, I'm not comparing us to these bands, but when you think of bands from when rock and roll started, there was always, you know, you've got, say the Beatles, you had George, Ringo, Paul and John all sang mm. at the show. And then you've got, you know, Fleetwood Mac, you've got, at the moment, uh, you've got Lindsay Buckingham singing, you've got Mike Fleetwood singing, you've got Christine McVie and uh, Stevie Nicks all singing. So there's lots of bands like the Eagles, you know, different guys singing. So it's, it's not any different from that, I think. That's a fantastic point, actually, yeah. It depends who, who the song suits, you know what I mean? And and we can find that out. We're listening to the tracks, we say, right, how high up is that? How low down is that? And we know who's the first money yeah. to choose for that. And so any falsetto stuff, you know that Big Mark's going to take that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mark and Jimmy are the, they're the choir boys. They're the high guys. I'm, I'm, the low, I'm a low guy. And yeah. I'm a tenor, kind of. You know, I'm in the, the middle. I'm a little water. That's that's very cool. So so who's like uh who's like the belter of the of the four of you? Is there anyone who's like a who's got that kind of a belting voice, or is it? It's got, but we're we're bringing in a, a backing vocalist as well. Yeah. Which is going to you know so the it's not going to be a center stage guy kind of thing, you know. Got no, it. so we've got so someone so just there to play like when it requires it. We've got acoustic guitar as well because yeah. that. That's missing. It was kind of missing when Mike was there as well, because uh, he had this echo guitar. It wasn't the best sounding guitar. <laughs> Although he took a good one with him, he never ever used so it. Even on certain songs that had like acoustic guitar on the recordings that we didn't do live, obviously, um, we can now bring that back in as well. Yeah, like I say, we want to take it back to how the music was done originally, you know. So, and that that is the main thing, and I think that's what people want anyway. You know, they want to hear. The songs the way they were played. Yeah, and you'll be able to sing along and not get lost. Exactly. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so looking ahead at the next year, um, I assume the Steel Town anniversary is still on. Yes, indeed it will be. Yeah. But that's yes. not until the end of the year. All right, so when will the remixed album come out? Well, the record company's talking about it coming out in February. Very oh, cool. that's not long. That's so, not are, long. are you guys still gonna do um, a remix of that, like you were thinking of, or is that, or are you just gonna do kind of a remastered version of it at this point? That's down to the the label. Um, obviously, we don't we don't own the rights to any of the back catalogue. So, I think they'll probably do a, a probably a remaster. I'm not, I'm not really quite sure. I mean, there's talk about a remix, but it depends how cost effective it's going to be. But that's out of the band's hands. Yeah, exactly, and I, I would imagine that would be a monumental undertaking. Um, I know, I know that speaking with Mike in Leesburg, which was, which was of course a while a while back, and many things have changed since then. But he was talking about getting Andrea Wright to come in and work with you guys to actually remix the album. So I'm assuming that that's kind of probably out the window at this point. Yeah, I mean Andrea. I mean we all up for Andrea doing a remix, but the the machine that we recorded that album on in Polar Studios in, in Stockholm. Um, it was a real early TM digital tape machine and we had a lot of problems with it. Um, 
loads of digital clicks that we had to remove. Uh, there's probably quite a few clicks still in there, but it would be a monumental task to actually get the tapes and then transfer them across as well onto, onto like a, a Pro Tools setup, for instance. Um, so it's a, a lot of time involved. Because so, there's a hell of a lot of overdubs on that album, as you well know. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> Just a few, yeah. So, again, it's down to the, the record company how much time, effort, money they want to pump into that to actually to do a remix. But I think it'll be a remaster, but it's okay. not down to the band. Any idea if there might be um, any extras on it? Or uh, I know there are no B-sides that haven't been on Earth yet. But... Funnily enough... Um, and I forgot all about this track. We did a an instrumental version of Wonderland, which is kind of the same but kind of different. Um, so that one turned up. So that will be going on the record. Oh, cool! Great. Nice. So it's weird. All these little nuggets keep floating up every now and again that you you, you kind of forgot all about, you know. Have Have you guys been um, rehearsing any songs from that album uh, that you're going to be maybe throwing into the Oh, new sets, or is that... Yeah, that's a secret. <laughs> you see what I tried to do there, yeah. What Derek's actually trying to say is, no, we have we have <laughs> <laughs> Because of what's happened, we've had to rejig and <clears throat> like say, learn a few other songs as well. Yeah. In rehearsal situation next year, because I think it's October, well, it's actually the 30th anniversary, so we will be doing, probably not in, not in its entirety, but we'll be doing songs that we didn't actually play live i think we only played half the album live in the past anyway yeah you played seven songs before so there are three blank dots to fill three blank dots yeah so you... three songs you have never played well they <laughs> for me great divides one of them great, great divides girl with great eyes and tall ships go exactly That's... yep yep uh, I don't think we'll be doing Get Away Grey Eyes, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. As long as you do the other ones, that I'll, I'll be happy. Uh, well, you get to the point, you've, every album kind of suffers now because you can't be on stage for five hours. <laughs> right. so there's certain songs that we, we do have to do, and there's certain songs that we want to do, and there's certain songs that the fans want us to, to play, so it's always going to be a compromise. Mm-hmm. At least it'll be a good compromise. I, I know you guys don't want to reveal much of what you're doing now, but is it possible to maybe give us like one song that each of you are singing? Okay, doc, I'll tell you what I'm going to be singing. I'm going to be singing Republican Party Reptile. Nice, okay. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Anyone else? Am I allowed to see Matt, the one that I'm doing? No. <laughs> but you can see you, you can see what you're doing back and what goes on. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I do chance anyway, you know that. Yeah. Uh, Republican Party Reptile as well for me. Oh great. Nah, Republican Party Reptile. That's what you're getting at. Nah, it? <laughs> so it's basically going to be a, a, a 90 minute version of Republican Party Reptile. Yeah, that's your exclusive, Tom. Yeah, that's exclusive. We're going to do the twist mix. But there's a twist to it on stage. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, We'll look forward to it. We'll look forward to it. Yeah, Derek, uh, just to go back to you starting up in the band, how familiar were you with the Big Country catalogue when you were asked to join? Well, I knew knew quite a a lot of the songs because I'd worked with Bruce previously. 
in vocally as well to sing that. That, that these passes incredible the way it's all put together. Do you guys have you found in rehearsals that you've had to alter any of your playing styles to accommodate yourselves when you're singing these songs? Because I know there's so much going on. Yeah, uh, with- and Jamie and I have had to swap a few parts around, but we had to do that anyway. When Mike was in the band, we, we swapped a few of the parts around, and um, basically because when we were the, the original lineup with, with Stuart and Tony, Stuart always when he sung, he always played straight four four rhythm. And it was only when he came away from the mic that he would do all these lead stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Some of the overdubs that we could have done back then, we couldn't actually do them because Stuart was actually playing with them and singing. But when Mike came along, it was like an extra an extra pair of hands that freed Jamie and I up to, to explore some of the, the overdubs, like putting the, all the different harmonies and fields of fire and stuff like that, you know. But now that we're all sharing the vocals, it's still manageable. But Jamie and I do have to sometimes swap the tap parts depending on who's doing the vocal. Like, for instance, in Angle Park. In, in Angle Park, right? We're going to do Angle Park, right? <laughs> Jamie, play, Jamie now plays my guitar parts, and I'm now playing Stuart's guitar parts because it's just a, a straight rhythm D when I'm singing. And then I can go back to my parts when I come off the mic. Ah, oh, that's great. I see you just you just revealed a song that you're going to be singing. Yeah, but we've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, I, I have one for you, Jamie. Uh, the last time we spoke with Bruce, one of the questions was how he felt about working with his son. So now we can uh, switch it around about you working with your dad. And uh, I mean, you're not only work together in big country, but when the band takes a break, you play as Bruce and Jamie Watson. So you seem to be pretty joined at the hip, as it were. So you must like it together. Yeah, yeah, it works, it works well for us because, uh, well, we still live together for the start. Um, yeah, no, we've worked together basically since um, 2007 when the skin tree formed. That's when we first professionally started working together. We'd always uh, mess around on guitars or if Dad was recording something, like on the, just doing some demos, he'd always get me in just to maybe work out a wee guitar line or just get me involved with uh, playing and performing. And it's just kind of took off there, really. So, yeah, we've uh, been working together a long time now. Yeah, so does it become like a, an intuition thing between you? Have you got to that point where you can just give a look and you know? Yeah, well, we're, kind of, we're definitely cut for the same cloth anyway, so it's, it's an intuition thing as well. But um, just, I suppose it helps as well just growing up um, going to big country gigs when the, the original four-piece were going out and touring. So I was lucky to see the aspect of that. So it's just been growing up listening to the songs and just being around all these great guys and musicians. Plus you got a rock field as well when we did the Damascus album. Yeah, that yeah. That's probably your first time you've been involved. Yeah. In. First time well, in a, a studio. Ah, oh, perfect. Yeah, and as Bruce said last time, you were cheap and available. Yeah, that's still <laughs> <laughs> If the price is wrong, I'll be there. <laughs> Perfect. Very good. Yeah. yeah so, so I, just to follow up that, and uh, I don't want you to, to take this the wrong way because we, we really like you in big country, but have you ever thought about doing something totally on your own outside of any of the big country members? So what would that be? What would that sound like if you were going to do that? Yeah, I've no idea. I, I write stuff myself and things. A lot of this stuff I'll do demos on um, the Porter Studio and then this band called Big Country will come along and steal them. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, so they are magpies. Jamie comes up with a lot of the music as well, and uh, invariably always ends up in a big country song somewhere. So uh, the Yuletide episode is the one where we are a bit looser, we have a bit more fun, and uh, so this year we have a chance to have you on for that, and we'll, we'll see how this turns out. So I have 10 quick topics, and mm. you just pick any number, 1 to 10, and we just see how it turns out. Yeah, we like topics. Yep. What has a hazelnut in everybody? There's one for you. You guys don't know what a topic is, do you? No, we don't. Yes. Obviously, it has a different meaning. Yes, a topic is a candy bar. It's a candy bar. Oh, and, okay. And, and the slogan was, "What has a hazelnut in every bite?" Topic, but being children at school, we used to say, "What has a hazelnut in every bite?" Squirrel shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you, no candy bars. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. Yeah. So you guys pick any number between one and ten. Seven. Seven. Okay, that's great. Uh, seven is letters. I mean, we get a lot of letters every year uh, from people uh, who discovered a band through our podcast or rekindled their interest in the band through the podcast. And I was going to read one for you here. This is um, yeah, This is a candidate, I think, for letter of the year. This was this was such a kick to to receive. This is from a fan living in West Africa. What? So this goes out to Simon Fenton, who lives in Senegal. And he said, hey, guys, this is the first time I've written to a podcast, and perhaps this is the first message you received from a fan in West Africa. I just listened to the first two podcasts about the crossing whilst crossing a mangrove swamp in the back of a bush taxi. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so that just blows the mind. And then uh, then he listened more on the iPod while laboring under tr the tropical sun uh, and whilst watering my mango, guava, coconuts, and passion fruit. So that just... Uh, that, that that just blew my mind that people sort of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, we, he asked us if we if we read this out, perhaps some of the band would be listening and fancy playing in Africa or coming to explore that music scene. So I've I've done my duty, but I just thought that was uh, such a fun thing, and we have we had to mention that. That's just uh, incredible. So we do hear from people all over. That's the only one from Africa so far. Well, well we'd love to come out and explore Africa. It'd be a, a great adventure. Yeah, yeah because be. right now the theme is the adventure, if I understand yeah. it. Yeah, that's the adventure, that's us adventurers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so let's go with another number. Two. Number two is about Christmas memories. And uh, last year we had a discussion amongst ourselves, Tom and myself, which big country song is the most Christmassy? And we struggled to find any song in your catalogue that really is about Christmas. Christmas Island. Christmas <laughs> Island. Yeah, that's such a, such a Christmas uh, beauty. <laughs> so uh, the one we came up with, or actually before I reveal that, what would your pick be for a big country Christmas song? Which lends itself the most to the season? I don't know which one would lend itself the most, although I think Wonderland was recorded round about Christmas time, because that came out in the end of January, didn't it? In fact, it'll be the 30th anniversary of Wonderland at the end of this January coming up. So I would say Wonderland, but only because it was recorded around Christmas time. But I don't know what other songs would lend itself to it. I think if we, if we were re-recording a song, all you'd have to do is get Mark to um, 
overdub some sleigh bells on it and it would sound Christmassy. <laughs> So Tom came up with uh, ring out bells actually last time. So that's a uh, yeah, that at old, least that old, that, that old that old classic ring out bells. I'm sure you rehearsed that one already. <laughs> a half an hour version of that one in you tour as well. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Perfect. Another number, please. Jamie. Um, four. Four. Okay. So four is about the Great Divide podcasts. <laughs> and, um, have any of you listened to to many of them? Just oh, curious. I have listened to two of them. Same All right. And, no, uh, guilty. And she's uh, <laughs> a very long, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time to to get through them all. They're so. I mean, what length? We're talking about an hour and a half. Some of them, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did you hear the one yet about uh, we did with uh, Jules Baum about the big country artwork? Yeah, we well, actually we actually tracked Jules Baum down, Bruce, and uh, and it was amazing because when we were on the tour, a guy came up to the merchandise stall and showed us the actual book with the original prints. The guy had went online, yeah, and then um, tracked it down, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, I think we're responsible for that because we, when we interviewed Jules, he told us uh, kind of what book that that had come from, and suddenly everybody wanted to find that book and order that book. So <laughs> called film film fun. Yeah, film fun from yeah. 1952. That was where a lot of those crossing things right. came from, and and uh, he he remembers you guys fondly and speaks very well of you. So no, Jules was great. We found one in Falmouth, didn't we? We found a, a book that looked very similar to in, in Falmouth, um, similar diagrams, which we procured but um we've been scouring other second-hand bookstores looking for it and we still can't find it so maybe if there's someone out there that could get us a copy that would be fantastic all right good good we <laughs> put the word out but it was funny because when you, the last time we spoke and you spoke about jules his name was jb at the record company you know yeah. and the original designs that he had for the big country logo were absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what the, the African vibe. One of them had the big country logo, as it is just now, but above it was like elephant's tusks and a pith helmet. <laughs> it was too much boys own adventures. You know? <laughs> I like the logo, but get rid of that pith helmet. It's pith. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't tell us that, so yeah, that's interesting. There's a thunderbuss in there as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe you can dig that one out when you go to Africa. Yeah. You guys know what a blunderbuss is? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Big so, big rifle with the with the big fat end. Trumpet-looking thing, you know? So that was in the logo as well, but it was, it was too much. But we liked, we liked the original logo, but... He had to um, adapt the serifs on it as well because they were kind of angular. Mm. He squared them off, and that's what became the big country logo. Nice. Well, it okay, works. perfect. Um, yeah, another number, please. Number eight. Number eight, you got it. This is about B-sides. Uh, and uh, there's no denying the wealth of material and B-sides you have out there. So looking at the last three albums being Wide Long Face, Drum to Damascus, and The Journey, for Ride Along Face, we have 
15 B-sides plus uh, 12 demos totaling 27. For Driving to Damascus, we have 29 B-sides and 16 demos totaling 45. For the journey, we have two B-sides. <laughs> 15, 29, 2. Any comments? <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, what the journey? Yeah, so, um, I mean... What were the two from the gym, The two, they came from the vinyl of uh, the Broken Promised Land, so that was uh, Flower of Scotland, and it was an acoustic version of Strong. Oh, of uh, course, uh, right, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I, so I, I think... think he's, um, yeah, he's getting at, is, is, are there any Journey demos out there that haven't yeah, been unearthed? Two is, uh, is uh, not, not a very towering number compared with the previous one but i think also part of the point is for driving to damascus the reason you have as many as 45 is the amount of website releases you did so you did into scud you did the bon appetit you came out with a lot of just uh, product so to say through the website so is that an avenue that you're willing to explore and the answer is yes so when can we expect it we can explore, can explore. <laughs> more songs more b-sides more stuff, yeah. So we've got to write the, well, once we get into a, uh, a writing situation, which we haven't had time to do yet, because, like I said, we were still meant to be working on this 18-month journey. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, we're, um, because of what's happened, we're in a rehearsal situation. So we haven't actually started writing yet, but we do have, everybody's got various little Porter Studio demos and, stuff like that. So at some point when the time's right, we'll get together and start writing the, 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 the next album. Do you have any timeline for that? A time? Oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not as calculated as that. It's just when there's a window arises and yeah. then you get and do it, you know? Okay, perfect. Okay, great. Another one, please. Oh, number one. Number one, that's good. Selecting one or ten is a sign of sanity. So, number one is road stories. So, you've just been slugging out in America and elsewhere. So, at this point, I'm going to ask the three of you to come up with a road story each. And you can look at it as a type of competition. Let's see who gets the most interesting one, the funniest one. <laughs> and anyone well, who has one ready can go first. Okay, well, I did uh, wake up one morning with a dwarf cell tape to my leg. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my birthday and I was in Amsterdam so that's my excuse and that was it was a lie by the way <laughs> I just made that up so <laughs> can you beat that one Derek? well mine's unusually uh, <laughs> a wee bit uh, I, I know that's what I'm thinking Jamie's he's gesturing to me here you know we were in Milwaukee we had a curry the night before and uh we basically put it, left it on the bus till after the show, then microwaved it. And I tell you, I had to get up early in the morning. And it was touching cloth. I don't know if that's the same thing in America, but, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to get myself <laughs> touching cloth. I know, I, I got it, I got uh, it. <laughs> the bus, and I was wet and cold sweat. <laughs> Luckily, there was a, a gas station across the road that I kind of hobbled. Across to in my pajamas, and I finally just take it. <laughs> it was actually worse than that, I'm not tell you. Since Mark's not here, I can speak for Mark. Uh, we're still talking toilets here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we 
public toilets or toidies or loos in America are so much different from the loos over in the UK. <laughs> That's right. So our doors actually close properly, but in America the doors always have that one-inch gap down the side. <laughs> right. Mark, being the modest fellow that he is, went to a Home Depot and purchased a, a tape measure so he could like get at the top of the door. It'd be like a, a one-inch modesty curtain for him so you could just like. Just hang it there and, and just locked. <laughs> no one could see him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's very funny. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I miss Walmart, and I wish all miss all the the Walmartians. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Have you got any stories, Jamie? Uh, I've got two. I got. We were going in traveling to the the Grand Canyon on um, the Canadian side, and then that wasn't the Grand Canyon though. Oh shit, what am I talking about? Um, Niagara Falls. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, yes, geography's not a strong yes, point. It's not my forte. <laughs> oh, and then, again, it was a bit of a toilet story. I had to run off the bus and go and use the toilet. And the driver was in the, um, the gas station as well. So I thought he'd seen me, so I ran in, used the toilet, and came out, and um, the, the driver just basically fucked off and left me <laughs> at the gas station. I sat there for eight hours while they had to go all the way up and come all the way back down and travel all the way around to pick me up at the same gas station. So. Oh, man. And uh, Yeah, so that was one of them. And we got invited to go and see the cult play one night, so we all went out and had a, we had a couple of days off, so we thought, we'll go out and have a something to eat and uh, have a few beers and uh, I fell asleep at the front of the bus and uh, the driver set off while I was there and the seat wasn't nailed down and I went through the front windscreen. Oh man, <laughs> were you okay? Yeah, I was fine. I was like a, a rubber doll floating about the bus. I, I just bounced off the window. <laughs> that was another experience we didn't need. So. Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. Yes. Well, there was another one uh, we were in our two managers' house, well, two houses nailed together uh, in Florida. And in the toilet story again, before I say the toilet, and they hadn't got plumbed in at this point properly, so you had to do the toilet and use the, the, the tissues and put them into a basket beside you. Yeah, they get cleaned every two hours. You take it in this basket, it was just a bin. Beside you, so you couldn't, uh, you couldn't flush anything. And when you uh, did flush it, it came out the front of the house. Came, uh, came out the front of the house. That was all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it, it was like a special welcome mat then. <laughs> his wife and all his friends and his moonshine. And uh, all his all his pals were related. They were all related to each other. That's a man. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Six fingers and all that. But. Uh, <laughs> So Bruce and I get said uh, a guy comes up and says I got some apple pie moonshine. Do you like some moonshine? Bruce, I says Bruce has got moonshine. Oh, well, let's do it in the back of the guy's truck. He just put down the, the leaf at the back of the truck and then pulled out this moonshine. And it was tasted like petrol. Oh, it was connected up to the time. It was, it was just like petrol, but somehow it was named after apple pie. I don't know where that came in. No. But, that was great. It was great just experience. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I bet you guys have a million of those type of stories. <laughs> wow. And 90% are toilet-related ones. Uh, we'll try it off the toilet next day. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Okay. Tom, uh, selected number six next because he wanted to be sure that we made this in. So what we did in, uh, when we reached our 25th episode was we had a competition for all the listeners where they could answer 10 questions and uh, enter for a chance to win a seven-inch vinyl copy of In a Broken Promised Land single. So what we have, we've received quite a few entries, and uh, we're going to let you guys pick the winner. So at this point, we have any number between 1 and 49, please, and we'll see who wins this competition. What? 49, did you say? Did you say 49? Yeah, 49. 49. 1 through 49. Pick any number. Well, it has to be the lucky number 1 then, I think. Number 1. All right. So that means the lucky winner of this single is Kenny Henderson in Glasgow, Scotland. Well done. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Excellent. Good. Yeah, so we'll we'll send it home. It's been quite on a journey, and thank you to uh, to John for donating that prize. Yes, John donated that prize. Kenny, I will be sending that out to you by boat. Look for it within the next uh, six months. Shut. Well, guys, we, we don't want to keep you any longer than you need to be. So, uh, do you, do you have to go? Do you, you have time for a couple more? Yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple more in, but we, we need to start the rehearsals. Got it. Right. Okay, so then I will pick the next one, and I'll pick number nine, and that is a Yuletide competition. This is for the three of you. And the competition is, how well do you know your bandmates? So each of you will get a question about the other two guys sitting there, and we'll see who gets everybody right. So this should be very interesting and hopefully fun. So we'll start... Randomly, let me see on my list. Let's start with Jamie. So, so Jamie, let's see how well you know Derek. <laughs> <laughs> One question about Derek. What was the name of the last Simple Minds album Derek participated on? It's the New Gold Dream. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you know? I know. So I was going to, when you don't get it, Tom gets a chance to, to make a fool of himself. Do you know, Tom? Jeez, I don't know. Okay, Derek, do you want to say the answer or should I do it? I can take a stab. You, you, you tell me the answer and I'll tell you if you're right. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I, got a feeling, I got a feeling Swine's not going to be right. but uh... The answer is Neapolis. Black and white. That really? Was, yeah, I was on that. I played in three tracks in it, or four tracks maybe. No, three tracks, I think. So how well do you know Derek Forbes then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm not in the fucking band. <laughs> so, so are you in the credits for that one? No, no, no. I just brought in to to make it sound a simple mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll quickly move to the next one then. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so Jamie, we'll see how well you know your dad. Okay. Uh, there is this jaunty story about the time Big Country played on the tube in 1984 where Bruce's guitar was disconnected. What song was he playing? I was born in 89. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I picked this one is because you discussed this uh, this summer when when we spoke with Tom. Was it Rain Dance? It was. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so that's good. So that's one for you and one for me, I guess, since I didn't know Derek's question either. So we're moving on to Bruce, and I'll ask you about Jamie. What's Jamie's favorite hockey team? 
I would say the five flyers, <laughs> but I might be wrong. That's <laughs> the five flyers are over here, yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. The mighty ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. This question was submitted by John. Yeah, I needed to have some help with these questions. So is this the right Don't blame one? me for it. <laughs> I'm giving you the credit, not the blame. Toronto Maple Leafs or something like that? Yeah, I like Toronto Maple Leafs for that. I'll not be what they think because I did have a Philadelphia Flyers t-shirt on that I got gifted in America. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Fields so of Flyers. Fields of Flyers, that's it. <laughs> okay, so Bruce, this is about Derek. Uh, and I have this from Derek's own little blog page, so don't blame me if this is wrong. Uh, with what band did Derek make his first record? And there's a bonus point for mentioning where this band was based. The Subs. That's it. I don't know where they were based, though. Glasgow? It says London on the page. Oh, but, no, no, uh, it's Glasgow. All right. Yeah, we yep. Glasgow. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Super. <laughs> so that's one for Derek about Bruce. Uh, what was the first big country song where Bruce had a lead vocal? Oh, not. <laughs> talking about it last week. Oh, I don't know what it is. It's probably no. You you won't know this one, Derek. That's like we you mentioned it though. Nah. I don't know what it is. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they even mastered the song very slowly so we would catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Fly like an eagle. That's correct. It was mastered at the wrong speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a revelation to finally hear it at the right speed. And I said, ah, that's, so that's how it was meant <laughs> to go. Everybody thought, wow, Bruce has an incredibly low resonating voice in this song. <laughs> 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 Okay, so Derek, this is about uh, Jamie, although it's really about both of them. But uh, how many albums did Jamie release with Bruce as Bruce and Jamie Watson? I've only seen one. One. No, am I wrong? I've only seen one. There's, there's only one studio album, but I know there's, a, well, there's three other, other bits and three. I knew there was three, but there's one. I thought it was a studio album. I think one studio album, and uh, I, I don't even remember. There's a few live gigs. Oh, live things. Is it? Yeah, I. What's the total? Because I don't know. The one live, one uh, studio album. I have, I have one studio, two live, and one demos, or I'm not sure if it's live too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's correct. I know the one there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, this can what? be hard even for the person answering, answering the question. So well done, everybody. I don't know if we had a winner, but <laughs> it was fun all the same. They want to know what they win. Isn't the fact that you've got two idiots doing a podcast about you uh, victory enough? <laughs> Guys, uh, I think we'll just do one more thing here and then we'll let you go. Um, it's fine. What What was your last one? 
My last one is number five, and uh, it's short and sweet, but it's one of the most important ones. And number five is just thank you. So this is just thank you for existing and thank you for being out there playing what us think is pretty real music, staying on the road, slugging it out, playing to people and really giving people lifetime memories and uh, making a difference in people's lives because big country music to those who know it is very genuine. And it's about things that touches very deeply and on a personal nerve. And it's important to a lot of people. So at this point, I think nobody should take for granted that a big country will always continue to exist. So on behalf of a lot of people who get in touch with Tom and myself, we really appreciate what you do. So that's just number five. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we will continue to, to keep doing it. Hopefully. Well, we're looking forward to the next chapter. It should be really interesting. And, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate you guys taking the time out to clear up some things for us. And I know a lot of people who hear this will appreciate it, too. So, yeah, thank you very mm. much. And if what you if what you were playing there at the beginning of the podcast is any indication, I mean, just coming through the just coming through these crappy speakers, it, it, it still raised the uh, raised the chill in me to hear those bass lines and those guitar parts. So that's mm. fantastic. Thank you very much. It's been a, a blast doing it again. It's been an adventure. Yes. yes. Fantastic. <laughs> it, it, it's but the adventure is going to be the new journey, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd just like to say thank you to all the Big Country fans for supporting me and my adventure with Big Country and uh, to wish them all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you yeah. so much. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, okay. Right, we're going to go to another room and make a noise now, so... Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank Take you. care. Appreciate it. Daddy, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, so that was Bruce, Derek, and Jamie, and uh, we really want to thank them for taking the time to do that because I don't think they've done that with anyone else. There was a there was a brief article in a Scottish magazine recently where Bruce talked a little bit about what was happening, but I think this is the first time that they've really publicly broached the subject as as to what happened with Mike from their perspective and what they're going to be doing. So we appreciate them doing it on this show and thank you guys for taking the time to do it. A scoop. Yeah, exactly. A a, a scoop. A scoop. So yeah, it was, it was a big scoop and um, it was, it was interesting. How did, how did it make you feel? I mean, because I know you swine especially are, are a big Mike Peters fan. I'm a big Mike Peters fan as a person. I mean, all the uh, the interactions I've had with them have been very positive, obviously, and and uh, from our standpoint, it's kind of a it's I think it's kind of a strange situation for a lot of the fans because you know we we really don't want to feel like we've got to pick sides in this issue, and obviously it's different when you're in in the band and they right. call it the music business for a reason, and and a lot of times fans don't really want to be involved in the business part. We just want to enjoy the music and kind of the business and maybe sometimes spoils that if you get a little little bit too close to it. But I'm just curious you know, what your thoughts are, because I know you're such a huge Mike Peters fan musically and uh, as a person. So, I mean, how, how has all this affected you? And do you feel any differently after the uh, the interview that we've just had? Yeah, I'm just as big a fan of Mike as Big Country. So it's not like I have any favoritism for anyone, but uh, it's, it's just um, it's not been a good situation. You know, it's been uh, it's kind of like when mom and dad is fighting, to be honest. It's uh, you, you never want to take sides because uh, you love both of them. You love both mom and dad. Yeah. And uh, that's 
a good comparison in this situation. And at the same time, we haven't quite been sure what's been going on. Clearly, there's been more going on. And uh, we got some insights. But uh, I, I think Bruce said to us off the line that, uh, you know, each story has two sides. And this is my side. And uh, so we got their side here. And I'm sure Mike has one side. And the, um, I wouldn't say every question has been necessarily answered. But uh, a lot of them have been. So uh, I don't yeah. I, I don't know how I feel yet. It's uh it's uh it's very interesting. I'm glad Big Country continues. That is the the big overriding thing. And obviously Mike continues with this thing. So we're, we're, there's still a lot of good music to look forward to. Uh, right. It's going to be interesting to to hear the four piece. I think uh, that's just you know we look forward to seeing that when it comes and and how that's going to work. Uh, but as for the ending of this five piece, it clearly didn't end as well as we would have liked it to be. It wasn't like, so long guys, shaking hands, all is well, uh, we're big friends here. Clearly there was a little, you know, strangeness going on. It's just one of those situations where financial concerns and business just kind of gets in the way. And whenever you're, whenever you're friends with someone, and I'm assuming they were, they were friends with Mike, um, because they had a long relationship, especially Mike and Bruce, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully they can count themselves as friends again in the near future. But I'm sure people can relate to even smaller things in their own lives, where you might have a friend that you like, and suddenly there becomes a money issue involved, and that that does change things, and that can cause resentment sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have a, for example, a friend who owes you money and never never pays you and never broaches the subject, not that that's what's happening here, obviously, but it's still a financially related type of thing so when two people are on the opposite ends of that it's no it's no surprise that problems can arise and it's pretty clear from what they told us that they need to be out there playing they need to be out there performing and and to make their living and they they couldn't take the year off so without doing that so it's unfortunate it ended that way i agree um but uh but yeah i'm 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 excited to see what they do. I, I thought some of my questions have been answered as far as – well, not answered so much as maybe maybe soothed. And a lot of that was kind of my question to Derek about the front man thing, wondering does big country need a front man? They, they've had one. Stuart was an obvious front man. Mike was an obvious front man. Now with four guys singing, there really is not an obvious front man. Is that, is that going to work? And I really liked – I got to admit I really liked Derek's answer, and I wasn't – I hadn't considered that before, but there are certainly lots of templates where, where successful, popular bands have got guys that are are made up of really not one uh, specific frontman. In fact, one of the bands I was thinking of one of the bands that we love, which is Kiss. We've always got to have a Kiss reference, and in the heyday of Kiss, there really was no one identifiable identifiable frontman. All four guys sang songs. All four guys were were liked and had fans of their own so yeah definitely be an interesting approach yeah and the beatles had the same thing yeah uh, where um, i think in those cases you have four characters in a band in both the case of beatles and kiss where each character and i say character they, they have to to some degree become characters like uh, ringo's a character uh, he's mm-hmm. um he, he's got a persona so it uh, it will not work if you know if Ringo had been just the drummer at the far back who sung in the mic quietly and th- that was it. And if George Harrison was standing to the side singing quietly, you, you need to step up and 
become that frontman for that one song and that becomes a part of the larger group image so it's going to be interesting for me to see if uh, everybody will take turns stepping up to that mic and to that spotlight and become that character for that time and uh, if they're up for it they can make it work it will be um i would say the original four always had that magic about them where everybody was a kind of a character everybody yeah. was a very important part of the group and that's what they need to to get to so uh we have a new year ahead for big country if you also have a new year ahead for the podcast yeah what do you hope we'll do in 2014 well i i would say let's before we talk about that let's let's just briefly reminisce about 2013 i mean it's it's been a pretty big year for us um for the show, a lot of lot of great things have happened. Um, a lot of a lot of good shows that we've done. I think uh, mm. the Why the Long Face trilogy that we j- just did was. I think we both thought that was a, pr- a pretty good episode and series of episodes. So we've had personal things with me doing stuff with Big Country and all that stuff. And uh, it's been it's been a great year. I think for the show, it's been a lot of fun. Especially this last few months have been pretty tough because we've yeah. been cranking these episodes out and. Um, so I just want to I just want to tell everyone that I hope you've enjoyed this period of of uh, bounty because it probably won't come again. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Spine and I were really in kind of an interesting situation because we wanted to do Why the Long Face before the year ended. That was the next one we wanted to do. So we did that. We were planning on doing that before all the stuff with Mike happened, and then of course that threw a wrench into everything because we obviously wanted to address that before the year came to an end. And then we wanted to do a, U- a Yuletide episode, too, because we have fun doing those. And, well, we only have done one, as you said, but we had fun doing it. And it's kind yeah. of a nice way to take a step back and just it chill is. out a little bit. Yeah, there was definitely so we, pressure to do the Ride Along Face before we went to the Yuletide. And at the same time, as we did them, the mic thing just blew up. And we yeah. said, we have to ignore it. We can't take the time to do that as part of a wide long face uh, rundown we have to save that for the yuletide which right. was good because then we got the interview and it was the right context to uh, to do it otherwise it would just be us blathering about the situation right so um so we kind of pushed out those with the mic thing sort of hanging over our heads and trying to ignore it as best we could so <laughs> that was that was a bit weird yeah and i, I did post a post something on our facebook page asking people do you want us to talk about this right away or should we go right into why the long face um because i wasn't sure and uh overwhelmingly people said just do why the long face and just let it sit for a while so yep. we pre- we appreciate that that at least i do because that made it clear that uh that's what we should do and it was the right call and it was good to to not necessarily comment when emotions were higher so um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to just kind of wait and let everything settle, get statements from both sides, which is what we've had. And uh, now we've got the statements from Bruce and Derek and Jamie. And uh, I think, I mean, from my perspective, it's just I'm ready to move ahead. Um, but yeah, as for the new year with, with the podcast, I mean, we'll just keep doing what we've always done. I mean, um, as I remember Tony once had a quote about Big Country saying that when the fire when the fire of the band is gone, you won't see us for the smoke. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I kind of feel that way about the show. I mean, when, when we when their topics are exhausted or I don't think topics will ever be exhausted, but when our oh. enthusiasm for doing it is exhausted, uh, it'll just probably end. But, um, I think the same. And, yeah. uh, 
the more feedback we see and enthusiastic uh, comments about what we're doing, I think that helps keep us going. I think if this was a bubble and I just had to go through this with Tom week in, week out and have no feedback, it would be done already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's a weird situation for me because obviously this doing this takes a lot of time to do for both of us and uh it's something that you invest in and you think, "Well, why, you know, why are you investing your time in doing this?" But it I guess it really just speaks to how much big country means to you. I mean, it, at the end of the day, what we're doing is based on what someone else has created, what someone else has done, the work of someone else. Yeah. So I've I've got some things that I'm trying to work on. I'm working on my own music, my own CD that I'm kind of really working hard on right now. So I probably am going to take a little time to concentrate on that. Um, and I'm writing a book. Part of the year. Yeah, that's right. Tell us a little bit about that if you can, because I don't even know. I, do, I know I know the title. <laughs> do you think I, mean, people, I know the, the subject? But yeah, do you think people here are going to be interested? Well, they'll they'll at least be interested in what it's about. Yeah, so uh, it's I'm co-writing a book about Kiss in Norway. So that's going that's going to be from the 70s up to today. What does it meant to be a Kiss fan? Uh, of course, every time Kiss has visited, it will be covered. Um, yeah, just Kiss in media, everything. We, we we're scratching the surface, and I'll contribute to that book. So that's awesome. that, that, it'll be fun. Yeah. So I mean, we'll 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 still be plowing ahead. We've done a lot these last few months, so we're going to take a, maybe a little little break. But um, that doesn't mean we'll be taking a break on our Facebook page or anything else. So. If you haven't joined our Facebook page, please do that because there's a lot of great discussion that goes on there, and you'll get a lot of um, heads up for these things before they happen, and and a good place to talk about them after they've happened. So, yeah, I'm assuming, definitely. yeah. So I'm assuming this this episode especially will spark a lot of conversation, which should be interesting. So we're looking forward to that. And also, I think this is the first time in months where we have no idea what the next episode will be about. So yeah. uh, so we actually uh, are happy to see some requests. If you have something burning or something you want us to tackle, you know, we won't yeah. promise anything, but it will be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. I mean, obviously, we'll eventually get to all the albums, but we want to space those out as much as we can. Yeah, um, it, it will not be a new album next time already. We just did a big one. And let me say, right. that was a lot of work. So. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so so we'll uh, we'll do some other topics, and there are other topics to to address. So yeah, let and us I'm know. Sure by the, yeah, and I'm sure by the time we get together again, Big Country will have played some shows with this four piece lineup, and there'll be that to talk about. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of YouTube videos out there, so we can yeah, we'll have to look I, at them and see how the singing goes and all that. Dissect the YouTube clips and yeah. uh, rate the singing. Okay, so Tom, thank you for 2013. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Me too. And and before before we go, um, I meant to ask this when we were reminiscing about 2013. Do you, and I, I'm I'm not even sure what my answer would be, but so I'm putting us both on the spot. But do you have a favorite moment from the show from the last year? Whether it's whether it's a moment or just a show. I don't know. Do you have a favorite moment? Well, I think for me, some of my favorite moments. I, I mean, it's hard to pick one. Obviously. Um, I think the Mike interview was a favorite moment on the show because that was a really cool thing to have to take part in. And um, I want to thank Mike if he's listening to, for, for doing that. I thought that was a, that was a really interesting interview. The other day I found, um, I found all my notes scribbled on this, on the hotel um, notepad that I, that I was waiting in the hotel to go to the show. And I was 
trying to think of what to ask him and I was scribbling all these notes down and I found those and that was brought back some good memories. So that was fun and that was that was a fun thing to be able to do. Obviously for me the the highlight of the year was being able to perform with the band, but that had really nothing to do with the podcast except for me trying to work it into as many um episodes as I could. <laughs> um including this most recent one. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh I I think from a from an overall perspective that I think the crowning moment has to be the Julian Baum episode because that was something that not only we had something to do with, but that the the listeners had a huge part in, especially Alan, who who was the guy who actually finally tracked down Julian, a um, member of our Facebook page uh, and a listener. And it was just so much fun to to see that happen so quickly. We, we put the post out there uh, about trying to figure out who this guy was and we little clues were uncovered and. Yes, and little little things were uncovered, and slowly but surely, we we suddenly discovered that it was Julian Baum, and then we found his website, and then I contacted him, and I thought, well, I wonder if he'll he'll respond. And sure enough, he did, and that was just that that whole thing kind of had a magical feeling that took me back to the old days of Big Country, and when I was really into the band as a young younger person, and um, and just being able to talk to Julian, and and it was just such a just the minutia involved in that episode was kind of indicative of what the show is all about and what drives the show. You have the love for the band that drives the show. And um, mm. that, so that, that would have to be, as far as a sh- the show goes, that would have to be, I think the, the best moment of the year was finding Julian Baum and, and talking with him and getting that insight into the, into the art of the first three big country albums. I would have to agree. And he said it himself that we did a fine job uh, locating him. So no one yeah. else managed to find it. So yeah. uh, no, that, that that was really pleasing. I mean, we were going to talk about the covers anyway, but that kind of made it that much more special. All right. Well, good. Well, I'm exhausted. I got to get up early on a Sunday to do this. I'm not complaining, but my kids kept me up late last night. So it's like the way I feel right now, it's like a good, it's a good way. To, it's a, it's like a satisfied exhaustion because we just had a good, really good interview. We've had a really good year and we've, we're ending on a nice, even number 30. So, um, so yeah. So thanks to you too, Spine, for the year. It's been great. We, we rub each other the wrong way sometimes, but it works out well for the show. <laughs> and uh, underneath, there's, I think there's a, there's a good mutual respect and friendship there. So thank you for what you've done for the show. And uh, we look forward to continuing it in 2014 and look forward to seeing all you guys come, ba- come on the excursion with us, the adventure with us. We're going to be saying that now with lots of... Uh, um, Asterisks. Yeah, I, th- I think the excursion is the next one after the adventure. <laughs> That's right. We'll see how many we can come up with before that mind is exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it, 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 it has really been fun. And uh, as long as this continues to be fun and as long as uh, it seems worthwhile and people are with us and with the van by being with us, then I see no reason to stop. Exactly. So I hope everybody out there has a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Any um, any holidays I'm forgetting? Happy Festivus. Achoo. All right. It's falling apart fast. All right. So we'll, we'll see you guys in episode 31. We don't know when that will be. We don't know what it will be about. But most likely it will be coming. So I hope you yeah, so hope you enjoyed this episode. 
and we will see you soon. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.